Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. It's something you can never get enough of and yet it sneaks up on you insidiously and slips between your fingers before you can get a grasp of it. Ah, time, you sneaky little thing. Welcome back to What I Wish I Knew. My name is Erica Quinn and we are joined today by Dr. Philip Nguyen. He's a new grad that's putting himself out there, doing great things. And today's episode, we talk about time management, which I think for any new grad or even for experienced practitioners is something that we can always be better at. Now, if you listen to my last episode with David Kia last week, we talked about what my biggest fear is as a soon-to-be graduate. And I said, it is how I can be more time efficient and how I'll fare working privately when I'm no longer under the shelter in the safe bubble of university. And so in today's episode, I get to hear it from someone who was in my shoes not too long ago, who can relate and has developed his way of working. Phil shares some great tips in this episode. It's short, it's sweet, and it's things that you can start implementing today. So let's jump straight into it. See, I do remember my first day of work, but that time management wasn't even a thing because... um, I wasn't fully booked out. And so I wasn't, you know, back-to-back patients that I had to follow a a time schedule for. It was really that I had one emergency at the start of the day and then like a whole sort of like three-hour block afterwards that was free. And Mm. so I had as much time as I wanted really to to do whatever treatment I wanted. And so the first patient needed... he came in with a toothache and he needed uh, some sort of like root canal treatment or an extraction. And so because I had three hours to spare, I went yeah. through you know the entire sort of first stage of, of the of the root canal. Um, and there was and there was still plenty of time afterwards. And so for me, my first day probably isn't a very good example of of um, you know of how important time management is. Um, so yeah, I had a very easy easy way into it. Well, that's a nice way of easing in, right? At least you're not day mm. one being thrown into the deep end of like a full day. Yeah. Course. But how did how was mm. the rest of the week then? Was the rest of the week or I guess the first few months did that become mm. a little bit more fu- fuller? Yeah, honestly, yeah, I think after a few months it was, but mm-hmm. um, I started working, um, so you can start working without a provider number, mm-hmm. um, but you just can't see patients that have um, you know, health insurance, or private health insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can only see patients that are you know, fully privately paying. Um, so that wasn't a lot of people because so many people have um, the health insurance that they want to use. And mm-hmm. so really it was for the first probably the first two weeks that I was working where I didn't have my pride number where things were still fairly, um, fairly quiet. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then even when, when I got my provider number afterwards, um, it still wasn't like instantly hundred percent busier. I was still mm-hmm. having, you know, a few appointments throughout the day that were a little bit empty. So I always had that sort of leeway, um, between appointments where if I knew that I was going to be running like you know, there wasn't that pressure that I had to actually, you know, finish on time. Mm-hmm. Um, but when things did start becoming a lot, a lot busier, um, I, there was a little bit of pressure. But then I think having so much time pr- to prepare myself beforehand and like knowing how long it would take to, you know, do two restorations, one appointment with a, you know, a full, a fully trained DA and you know all the support that I have um, at work, I sort of had had the idea of how long things would take at um, at that point. Mm-hmm. And so when it got to that, I was being booked back to back. Um, I just knew that, knew what times I need to allocate for those appointments. And so it wasn't yeah. too bad. 
Mm. Well, how did you figure out those times? Did you say that was mm. from those first few months of work? Or I, I think that's an interesting concept of like, even personally, I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how long mm. it would take me to do feelings. On a good day, it might be quick. On a bad day, it may <laughs> take longer. Was it mm. help dictated by, um, or like, did your practice help guide that? Or was it something that you figured out and you told them, this is how much time I'd like? I, I did a lot of sort of like felt self-reflecting um, mm. Even you know, thinking about times when I had to do restorations during uni, um, you know, during uni at placement, even like knowing how long it would take me to do those fillings at that, that, that appointment time, even and and then I had to sort of you know ask for help from the demonstrator and get things checked off. I, that was sort of like the worst case scenario in terms of mm. timing, and then mm-hmm. just sort of working backwards from there. I definitely had you know when I first started booking things in myself, I definitely you know gave myself more time than I knew I needed, and then mm-hmm. scaled back scared back from that yeah I I I like one of my friends that I started work with he sort of just went straight in and was like yeah I mean I only need an hour for a whole quadrant of feelings and you know he like had, this, had that confidence whereas in my position I definitely just wanted to sort of yeah, ease into it and uh, find out what works best and then um yeah and then go from there really yeah. Did you find that there was a big shift from going from uni where you may not even be seeing patients for a whole day or you have really long um, slots and you have tutors coming in or taking over when you're taking too long? Did you find that there was a big transition from that into just working on your own for a whole day? Yeah, definitely. I I think towards the end of um, university, so yeah, the mm. end of my, my fifth year, um, mm-hmm. I was kinding, I, I, I was already kind of, pre- kind of preparing myself for um, working in private practice. And mm-hmm. so um, I think I automatically was starting to work a lot quicker mm-hmm. and trying to find areas where I could be more efficient in um, and, and yeah, sort of implementing that while I still was at university. And then mm-hmm. once I had sort of started working, um, you know, working full-time without sort of all the all dem- demonstrators and that sort of thing, I was sort of already in that rhythm and in that groove. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then it was just like an added bonus that I didn't need to ask the, the demonstrators to, to check, um, you know, the, the mm-hmm. prep before I, before I started restoring and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, and I think a lot of people in my year level ha- did have that same mindset. Like everyone was just within the last maybe three or four months of, of uni, everyone just sort of kicked it into a new year and, yeah. and you know, was, was a lot more efficient. And then um, I think, you know, having that sort of atmosphere on placement, yeah, meant that everyone was sort of wanting to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's one of those things that you don't really realise that you are doing it, but then I think, like, you are, like, subconsciously being like, well, I don't want to, you know, go straight to my first day of work and, like, be completely thrown in the deep end. And so you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're sort of preparing yourself for that day anyway beforehand. The more you learn about orthodontics, the more you see it applying to almost every case. It might not always be necessary, but it's almost always an option. So then you think, I want to do aligners for my patients, and your challenge is to learn how to do that to a high standard. But once you've learnt that, many people find that the challenge then is how do you actually make that work within your practice? How do you make this efficient and therefore profitable enough for you to be able to provide that to your patients in private practice? There's two people I think about when I think about aligners and then practice management. That's Dr. Jeff Hall and Dr. Jesse Green. And now they've come together to create Clear Aligner Excellence, their new education platform that is aiming to solve both of these problems for you in your practice, while also giving you huge discounts off the major aligner therapy companies. 
Over the next six years, Alina Therapy is forecast to increase by 28%. This is a huge opportunity. Take it with both hands. Clearex.com.au I think I was we were just briefly speaking just off camera or off podcast before about how right now I'm doing my placement in Ballina and it's really different to working in Sydney where we normally are and we've got a lot more independence and there's a lot less checks and I at first I was so scared coming here because I'd heard from previous students where they're like yeah you're seeing so many more patients throughout the day and I'm like I don't know if I can work that fast but then I think it's surprising how much time is actually spent just waiting for tutor checks or waiting to collect instruments or waiting for all these other um, moments that once you cut it all out, actually there's a lot of time saved, right? You made a comment before that I kind of wanted to build upon where you said, especially in your last few months, you started looking for ways where you could be a bit more efficient. Do you have any particular tips or areas that you realized? I think something for, as an example, something I realized is LA needs to go on ASAP and then you can do a little bit of chit chat after that, right? Do you have any other tips that you discovered? Uh, one of the big ones that I got told about was, you know, when you pick up your your handpiece and whatever burr you're using, you try mm-hmm. to only use that burr and pick up the handpiece once. Oh. And so if you're starting your, your access cavity, mm-hmm. um, you choose your burr and you do you, you basically finish that, that whole sort of step and you move mm-hmm. on, you don't need to get back to it. And so, you know, the whole um, process of, uh, you know, changing burrs, going from the high speed to slow speed and, you know, back and forth and that sort of thing. Um, I think people don't realise how much time it actually does take up. And yeah. then when you're, when you're um, more conscious of that, um, your, your, your cavity preps like, from the start are, like, are instantly so much, like, better. Because like, I think in university you, you, I guess, try to be more conservative. So, you, you know, do the tiniest little bit, check with your mirror, and then, um, and then you, know, you go into the slow speed, remove the carries, and then once you remove the carries, you realise there's a whole sort of you know, undercut that you that you need, need to go back to the the high speed with, and now you need to remove the undercut. And so I think once you sort of get out of that mindset of of you know, doing little by little bit is 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 actually probably not that beneficial for the patient in terms of how much time they spend in the chair. Mm. Um, they probably appreciate more the fact that you're being you know completely efficient with with the way that you're doing your your steps and your your preps and that sort of thing. Um, I think I think we, once you sort of understand that and you realize that you um yeah and you just instantly sort of remember that process for I guess the rest of your time that you do your 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 fillings or whatever procedure that you're doing. But yeah, I think that was one of the big ones. And then one of the, one of the first things that I got taught um, when I started working was um, only numb up once. And mm. so if you, you know, if you're doing like a, a lower block. And um, you're unsure if it's like fully, if it's fully worked, then like just go in with another one just so that you don't need to, you know, take off rubber dam afterwards, you know, do in, do another block and then sort of go through that whole waiting process again. Um, it's just better to just do it once at the start. Don't have to sort of look back and, and repeat that process. I think that sort of applies to every sort of step that you do in all parts of dentistry, really, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually really like that. It's such a simple tip. But when you say it, I'm like, Actually, that's fantastic because I realized even just today, reflecting on my um, restoration that I did today, I was definitely like going between my high speed, slow speed, spoon excavator, just going around in circles. It's like, actually, this is wasting so much time just doing a little bit with each one. Whereas I really like when you say aim to only 
pick it up once. And I think having that little bit of a restriction on yourself makes you use it a little bit more consciously. Um, I think that's a really fantastic tip. And even the whole like doing one step properly before moving on to the next one, um, yeah, really ends up saving a lot more time down the track. I think you don't realize just how much fiddling around, how much time's actually wasted just by fiddling around, right? At my work, we really focus on something called two second lanes. Mm. And so something that um, basically something that you change within your processes and your protocols and stuff um, that can save two seconds at a time. But then that sort of you're built up over many, many days and many days of working. And, you know, if it was two seconds per filling and you can just imagine mm. how many fillings that you would do per year, it yeah. sort of just adds up gradually. And so yeah. it's just those, yeah, I think that getting into that whole lead mindset um was yeah it was one of those things and there's always going to be that sort of transition process from you know finishing uni to to working full-time where like you need to to find out where those boundaries and limitations are mm-hmm. um but then once you sort of go through that process and if you have that mindset where you're actively trying as hard as you can to to sort of get through that process as, um, as, as efficiently as possible, then you can really accelerate how efficient you are in your appointment times pretty pretty significantly, I think. Tell me a little bit more about these two-second leans. Like, how is, what is this concept? Who came up with it? How does it work? Yeah, so I think like, it's a very, like, in terms of um, the whole like, industrialization process of big, of big companies and stuff, um, mm. it's a it's it's like a like a, a business concept I think where mm. um, where it's not like the, the big things that you change that are gonna you know um, I guess create profits for a company. It's mm. all this like tiny tiny small things that gradually build up over time that that really um, imp- changes the way a company is run. So when mm. you think about like the most um, the most successful biggest companies in the world. Um, companies like Amazon or Apple, um, like they've obviously got like the bigger sort of ideas and processes all worked out, but it's really mm-hmm. the tiny, tiny things that um, that that make these companies as great as they are. And so, and in terms of a dental practice, uh, some of the lanes that we focus on are like um, like movement lanes. And so, knowing that you you have everything within your room, um, mm. so that your DA doesn't have to exit the room to to, to grab it for you. Yeah. But even that is like you know two minutes of of movement. Um, and then again, again like built over time, it adds up to quite a bit. Um, but yeah, not even just sort of like um, uh, like being lean and that sort of stuff and things like um, waste so like I don't know like minimizing the amount of things you have to run uh you have to throw away like gloves or masks and that sort of stuff um yeah while being sort of in line with infection control um but yeah there's just so many things in dentistry that you can really lean uh lean up and um, make more efficient and then yeah be a long period of time it's um one of those things that just yeah uh, makes you more efficient and then because uh it it makes the patient more happy as well because when you when you finish uni your patients are going to be in the chair for a long long time (laughs) long long time and um and then you realize how important it is that like as soon as the appointment goes longer than even an hour the the patient gets like more and more sort of restless and frustrated and Mm. so you're doing it for the patient as well definitely yeah something so simple like every time you change gloves you know what like 30 seconds of hand hygiene that's 30 seconds right there before you put on a new pair of gloves and then your hands are sticky (laughs) you're spending five minutes trying to get them on right that's a really good tip there Digital dentistry is a booming field that is becoming more popular by the day. 
If you've hesitated taking the plunge into what is a rapidly growing sector of our profession, then look no further. Avant Dental is a dental laboratory that specializes in digital dentistry. Avant Dental provides a range of services to dentists. Digital splints, digital wax-ups, implant guides, implant prosthetics, to our bread and butter crown and bridge work. They can do it all. Not only does Avant help in making sure you're doing everything right, but they are strong advocates for educating dentists. They've opened a new education center for clinical-based training sessions on all the latest techniques. Give them a call today or visit them at www.avantdental.com.au to find out more. Do you have any advice on how to work with your DA because something you mentioned earlier before is when you're working together with a fully trained DA as opposed to I guess in um, dental school where you're assisting one another and look we're not fully trained DAs right we're just doing our best to help each other out what are things you've noticed or ways that you think we can really utilize working together with our DA to like be as time efficient as we can like a huge part of it comes down to the fact that um, that you spend so much time with your DA that mm. things just become so natural that you don't even like, you don't even mean it to be that way, but mm. they like, pick up on the, on the littlest things that you do and they know yeah. that you're back, they're ready for the next step. So an example that I like to give, because it's actually quite funny, but mm. my, um, the way that I sort of go through the flow of my new patient exams, mm-hmm. um, there's like always one line that I say when I'm ready to take like the, the bite wings. Yeah. And so I say this line, or like, even when I start to say this line, I can just hear my DA like getting ready to set up the X-ray. Like she's got What's the X-ray the line? over. So I always say, <laughs> I always say, I always I'm, ask the patient, you know, we'll, we'll start off with some X-rays. Uh, but if you have any questions uh, throughout the whole process, then um, just let me know. Uh, I'd be more than happy to answer it. And then yeah. as soon as I say, um, so I'm going to take those X-rays now, you can just hear mm-hmm. the X-ray arm moving. The the bite wing holders are like right next to me, and then she's like already left the room by the time I finished that line. <laughs> Um, yeah. So yeah, little things like that. Um, you just sort of pick up on um, as you as you work more and more with DA. Yeah, I guess the overarching idea of that is the more time that you spend with the one DA, the more mm. efficient you'll both be. Um, I know that some people aren't as um, aren't, aren't as lucky to to sort of have the same DA every time they work, and that's when it becomes a bit more challenging and difficult because you spend a lot of the time um, that you're working with that new DA sort of going through that whole process of familiar familiarization 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 um and and that just wastes so much time um yeah so yeah the more the the closer they become with your da um the the better yeah the more efficient you'll be what i'm also gathering from that little story that you told as well though is consistency in the way that every time you do your new patient exam, you are, it's almost monotonous, but it's predictable. You say the same line every single time and they're not having to play guesswork of like, oh, does he want to take x-ray? Does he want to do a cold test? What does he want? Like you're saying the exact same line. And the way you described that just made me feel like, oh, this is like Iron Man. Like you're putting up your suit, you finish your line and <laughs> x-ray tube right in your hand, right? <laughs> <laughs> it literally is like that. And adding on to that, um, what I did with my DA when, like, when we first started was mm. um, like, we went through all the, the general procedures and then went through like, the different types of equipment that I like and mm. um, what sorts of things I want to be on my trail or behind me um, for mm. those types of procedures. Um, and so that um, 
So actually, and just so that she makes note of it or he makes note of it. Um, and then, and then as soon as you start that procedure, um, you've got everything there ready for you. Um, and then, um, and then, yeah, you, you, you limit that time that you're wasting, you know, asking for something that's outside the room or, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it is very dependent on just the fact that you need your DA with you, um, almost every day. Otherwise you just can't build that relationship and, and, and those different sets of protocols and procedures. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.